Well, how's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And I want to take a moment and just acknowledge, I don't know if she's in the room, but Bree Turner, are you here? There you are. Thank you so much. She helped choreograph that and put that awesome piece together. All of the parents that I know brought your kids up here so many times. Thank you um, for helping make this today special and the service special. We appreciate it. And we are excited that you're here. And if you're our guest, so if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you to New Community Church and let you know that we are excited that you're joining with us. Um, And this is our third week of this service um, of this series of conversations called Christmas at the Movies. And if you have little ones in here, you may have not had a chance, but there are coloring pages and crayons in the back. And so if they need to sneak back there and grab one of those, they can do some coloring um, during the service here. And so they can sneak back there right now and grab um, a coloring sheet and a crayon. And we've been talking and looking at some of our favorite Christmas movies and looking at the first Christmas story and how those stories overlap with our life. And as we enter into this holiday season, as we enter into this Christmas time, what it is that God wants to speak to us and what it is that he wants to challenge us with. And so this is the third series, in case you missed it. Um, Today we are talking about the movie Elf. And I don't know if many of you guys have seen that, but in that movie, Buddy the Elf does such a great job of kind of spreading Christmas cheer. And that's what I want us to look at. How do we enter into this holiday season with the right attitude, the right heart, and sharing the joy of Christmas with those around us. And as I was thinking about this message, I thought back to whenever I was just a little kid, I was in kindergarten, and I grew up in a small town called Bristow, Oklahoma. And whenever I was in kindergarten, I did what I'm assuming most kindergarten kids do. You learn to cut papers, you learn to color, right? And so as we got into the Christmas season, I cut out snowflakes. Have you guys ever done that with a blank sheet of white paper? You cut the different shapes in there, and then you unfold it, and it makes a beautiful snowflake. So I did that as a kindergarten kid. And then they printed, you know, blank sheets with candy canes on them. And so I practiced coloring in the lines, the the candy canes, and I did that as a kindergarten kid. And then just a few days before Christmas break, our teacher told us, hey, we're going to write your Christmas wish list to Santa. You're going to write a letter to Santa. Now, we were in kindergarten, so we couldn't really write on our own, but the teacher was going around helping different kids, and so she said, I want you to think about what it is that you want for Christmas, and we're going to write a letter to Santa together. And let me tell you, as a kindergartner, this did not sit well with me. And I started to take that moment and think about, I need to enlighten all of my classmates on the true facts about Christmas, okay? Okay. For those of you that that have little ones, I'm not going to go too far into this story, okay, so you don't have to panic here. But I began to stand up while the teacher was helping other kids, and I began to tell them about the true meaning of Christmas. I began to tell them all of the facts about Christmas and what Christmas was really about. And whenever my peers weren't really listening, I just became louder. And I was a passionate little kid, and so I was standing up in my class, and I started to get frustrated because I didn't think anyone was really listening or anyone was hearing me. And so finally, I just just shouted out, okay, if you don't believe that Jesus is the true meaning of Christmas, you're going to die and go to hell. Yes, I did say that as a kindergarten kid, okay? My teacher realized at this point the conversation had gotten way out of hand. So yes, I, as your pastor, I was kicked out of kindergarten, okay? 
was kicked out of my kindergarten class. I got marched down to the principal's office. My parents had to come in and they had to have conversations about what was appropriate to share in public, what was not appropriate to share in those moments. But I was super passionate, you guys. I was so excited that I wanted everyone to know um, what it is that I knew at that point. (laughs) And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know what? I think my little heart was in the right place. I think I had the right intentions. But I missed that kind of moment of really spreading Christmas cheer. I probably destroyed some young kid's childhood is what I actually did. And so I want us to look at how do we properly share the joy of Christmas? How do we make sure that in our workplace, students at your school, that in great ways, in ways that God wants us to, that we're spreading the joy of this season and the hope that we know at this season. And I could only think of one person who's amazing at this. And if you've seen this movie, Buddy does such a great job because he remembers the third line in the Code of Elves. If you guys remember this, you could say it out loud with me. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Now, what I'm not telling you to do is to go into Walmart or Target or the mall and stand up and start singing like that, okay? If you have a voice like me, people will probably not appreciate that, okay? That won't spread Christmas cheer. But I want us to look at God's Word because it does talk to us about the good news of this season. And I want us to look at where our hearts are at and how we spread that in the condition that our hearts should be in. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start reading at verse 6. So Luke chapter 2, verse 6, and if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you, and you can take that out, and I want to encourage everyone to do that. You can turn to page 500 and follow along with us as we look at this part of the Christmas story. And in case you've never read the book of Luke before, Luke is a historian, and he wrote two of the books that we have in the New Testament One is about the life of Christ. That's what this one is. And another one is about the work of the early church and what God was doing in the early church. And so this book starts off right at the birth of Christ and Christ being born and the announcement of Christ coming into the world. And so that's where we pick up this conversation in Luke chapter two, verse six. This is what it says. Now, while they were there, this is talking about Joseph and Mary, while they were there in the town of Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. And as Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there were no guest rooms available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terrified. And I want to pause this story right here as we read through this. And I want us to just look at this idea right here of how do we approach this holiday season with spreading the joy of Christmas. And as I've been going through this, I mentioned this last week, but I've heard these stories over and over again. No doubt you have as well. You could probably get up here and tell the Christmas story and tell what happened that very first 
Christmas, we see nativity scenes and we kind of see the story being played out, the shepherds that are there and the wise men and Mary and Joseph in this beautiful nativity scene. But I've been going back and just trying to rethink what was actually taking place that first Christmas. What was it like if you could go back and you could think, what was it like for those that were hearing this story the first time? For those that picked up Luke's writings and they began to read this, that God was sending his son and that God was being born here on this earth and what that meant to them as people living during that time. And as I began to reflect on that, I just realized, you know what? Their mindset was very different. See, they lived in a time where they worshiped all kinds of gods, the Greeks and the Romans. If you remember history class, they had a God for everything. They had a God of war. They had a God of love. There was a God of death. There was the God that would kind of give a declaration over the people. There was a God for every single situation. And the people lived in this lifestyle of trying to find a way to make God happy. And so they would sacrifice their crops. They would sacrifice animals. They would sacrifice other things just to try to make God happy because they lived in this state of not really knowing what is it that makes God happy happy. And they lived in this mindset that God was frustrated with them, that God was angry and he was mad at them, that the gods were upset and men and women were just kind of pawns that could be moved around. And now Luke begins to write this story that God isn't frustrated and God isn't mad at us and that God actually has been working on this elaborate plan, this scheme, if you will, throughout all history for one reason and one reason only. He wants to be close to his creation. He wants to be restored in relationship with the men and the women that he created. Sin has separated us. And now Luke is telling us this story that God's not upset. God's not mad at us. He's doing everything he can. He's willing to, live, to leave the glory of heaven. He's willing to lay down his power and his throne and everything, the command that he has of all of the angels and to be born as a baby because he wants to be close to you, because he wants to be near to you. Not because God is frustrated or angry, but because he wants to be restored back into relationship with his creation. This is what the book of Matthew, this is what the story of Luke tells us. His name will be Emmanuel. That means God with us. And as I begin to think about how do we have joy in our hearts? How do we spread Christmas cheer? How do we share the hope of this season? It all starts in our own hearts. And that's the question that I have for you. Have you paused this Christmas season just to recapture the wonder? See, you and I, we spread Christmas cheer. You spread Christmas cheer when you recapture the wonder. When you stop and you begin to reflect what happened on that very first Christmas, what it truly means that God has sent his son and that the son of God has been willing to come as a baby and has given himself to the world because he loves us. And have you paused? Have you reflected on the power of that, that God is not frustrated with us, that God is not upset with us, that God is not mad at us, but that he wants to be near to you? See, I believe that whenever we start to understand that truth, that true joy, that there's a hope and a happiness that can't be bought, that begins to fill our hearts when we understand God wants to be near to you. God wants to be near to me. That's the desire that God has in his life. 
And can I just be honest with you, this week I was up early one morning and I was praying before I had to get my kids ready for school and lunches and showers and all of those things. And I was in one of those moments, I have this even as a pastor, where I was praying, but I wasn't really praying. Like I was saying some things and kind of going through the motions, Jesus, I love you. But my mind was thinking about everything else. Everything that I had to do that day, I was thinking about this upcoming week. My parents are flying into town. My brother's coming over about the food we were going to prepare, about all the holiday traditions, about people's expectations. And all of these things were flooding through my mind. The busyness that this season has already had on our family and all of these things. And God stopped me in that moment. And just, I felt like God say in my heart, Aaron, are you talking to me or are you talking to yourself here? I said, God, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. And God in that moment just told me to pause and begin to reflect. And he just reminded me, Aaron, I did not send my son to this earth. I didn't come to this earth so that you could be stressed out or frustrated. That's not why I came. I didn't come so you could spend these few weeks of the years worried about getting the right gifts or having the right food or pleasing everybody. I didn't send my son so that you could spend these next few days being so busy and so frustrated and so stressed out, you need a vacation. That's not why I came. I came because I wanted to be close to you. And I just felt that challenge in that moment. You guys, I've stood up here the past few weeks and told these stories, and, and I've stood up here and challenged us. Let's remember what this season is all about, and yet I need daily reminders in my life of God, if I'm not careful, I'll get too busy. And I'll forget to pause and to begin to reflect on just the power of the simplicity of this story that God wants to be near to me. And the whole reason why he came, the, the reason why we celebrate these few weeks is we're remembering, we're pausing, and we're reflecting on just the fact that God wants to be near to you and that God wants to be near to me. And you know what? There are some of us that we don't live thousands of years ago. We live today, but we still have that mindset. You and I, and even those of us that have been in the church for a while, we're still walking around assuming, God, you're mad at me. God, you're frustrated. God, you know all my sins. You, knew that, you know that I blew it this week. I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. God, you know those actions. And we all of a sudden start to assume, well, he doesn't love me the same way he did a few weeks ago. Or he doesn't want to be near to me. And the power of this season that we're in is it is a reminder over and over again with all of the songs that we sing, with all of the holiday decorations, that you and I, we have a creator, we have a God who desires to be close to you. That's what makes his heart beat. That's what brought him to this earth is he wanted to be near to his creation. How do you and I spread Christmas cheer? How do we spread the joy of this holiday season? It begins by pausing and reflecting, Christ, you came for me. And I just want you to ask yourself, have you done that yet this year? In the midst of your busy schedule, in the midst of all of the craziness, and I've already heard what some of you guys have said, we've had three or four company um, Christmas parties, and my kid has a choir concert, and I've got this, and family's coming over, and, and you're running, and you're running, and you're running, but my question is, have you taken a moment in the midst of all of your celebration to stop and reflect? 
and to say, God, this holiday season, this Christmas time, Lord, I want to remember that your deepest desire is to be close to me, that you want to be near to me as your creation, Lord. That's your heartbeat is you love me enough that you were willing to leave heaven and come close. See, if we want to spread Christmas cheer, we have to recapture the wonder. And we recapture the wonder whenever we start to stop and reflect on the goodness of God, whenever we pause and we reflect on those things. Can I also tell you, if you want to recapture the wonder, create some family traditions with friends, with with those that are near to you. Create some traditions that remind you to bring Christ at the center of your life, to bring Christ at the center of your holidays. There are so many things constantly at this time of the year that are surrounding you, that are telling you the right things to buy and the right things to do and the right things to eat so that you can be happy. You need to make sure that all of the outside elements don't compromise your outlook on Christmas and don't affect your outlook this holiday season of what this is truly about. And so can I just free you from you don't have to do what everyone else around you says that you have to do, or what all of the advertisements or all of the stores or any of those things say, this is the food that you have to buy. You don't have to do those things. But I want to encourage you to pause and to reflect, what traditions can we have as a family? What is it that we can do whenever we get together or with my group of friends? What can we do to make sure that we're remembering that Christ is at the center of our lives, that he is the foundation for what we're doing and what we're celebrating this year. If we want to spread Christmas cheer, we have to make sure that we have stopped and that we've recaptured the wonder of this time of year. The story goes on. If you still have your Bibles open, Luke chapter two, verse 10 says this, that after the angels had declared this to the shepherds, the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those with whom his favor rests. I was thinking about this part of the story and this simple declaration that the angels make to the shepherds. They said this line right here, this will be good news for all people. This will be good news for all people. And you and I, if we want to spread Christmas cheer, we need to realize that this message that we have at this Christmas season, that this is for everyone. The story of Christ and what Christ has done in the coming of God's son to this earth, this is a story for everyone. And as we read this, it's a reminder of that because Jesus did not show up in the palace halls of Caesar. He didn't come to the throne room of Herod. That's not where he first appears. He first appears in a manger. And the first announcement is to shepherds because he really wants to get across this idea. This is truly for everyone, for individuals that seem on the outside of society, for individuals that others may have forgotten. This is who he's bringing his story of good news for every individual. 
in this holiday season, as we enter this Christmas time, we need to have that same perspective. This is for everyone around us. That's who God has brought this story. This will be good news. And if we're missing that, if we don't feel the joy of that good news at this holiday season, we are really missing it. And I think we fail at this so many times as the church. I was thinking about this. I'm pretty flexible in my house. I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants guy. You know, I don't really plan a lot of stuff ahead. But there are a few things in my household that need to be done a certain way. And some of you guys may be like this, married couples, you, you may have in your mind something that needs to be done a certain way. And so Sarah will be doing something and I'll give her a hint. Hey, do you, do you know what you're doing there? Have you guys ever made that mistake of saying that to your spouse, right? Okay, I can see some of you guys elbowing your partner right now, okay? And, and so I'll say that and I'll say, hey, let me show you how to do that. And really what I mean is let me show you my way of doing that. Because I have a very specific mindset of the way that that should be done, the way that that task needs to be handled, and I want Sarah to do it my way. And what I've realized is that's not the best way of going about that, by pointing out how she's doing that wrong. And I think that's how we operate so many times as a church. And we forget this is supposed to be good news. And can I tell you the reality of our world our people, so many people around us, your family members and your friends, they don't need to be reminded just about their sin. They know their mistakes. They know their failures. They know what's going wrong in their life. And yet so many times that's how we lead off with our attitudes, with our words. We want to point out where people are messing up. And then we want to try to give them the good news, but it doesn't sound like good news at that point. And I just want to challenge your heart that as you're around family members, as you're around friends, as you're around coworkers this holiday season, that you would reflect on the way the first Christmas story was presented. The angels could have easily appeared and said, okay, shepherds, we know what you did last night. We know the sin you committed last week, and we're here to tell you how horrible of a person you are. They could have actually done that. They, they would have known that, but they don't. They appear with a message of hope. They appear with a message that God has come and he will be the savior of the world. And that's how they declare this. This is good news to everyone that will hear this. And I just want you to look at your heart as you think about that idea of spreading Christmas cheer. And I want to ask you, have you realized that this is good news for everyone? Are you sharing this message in a way that it presents the gospel in that light, that this is good news, that Christ has come to save us from our sins, to redeem us and restore us in a relationship with God? Let me just end with this thought right here in the book of Luke. It says this, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby that was lying there in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. If you and I want to spread Christmas cheer, we do that by sharing what you have seen. And I just want to encourage you with that thought that this holiday season, this Christmas season, that you would share what you have seen. 
Not just what happened thousands of years ago, but what you have seen in your life. What is the truth and what is the joy of Christ coming to this world? What has it meant to you? I know for so many of you, God has brought freedom to your life from addictions, from brokenness. There are some of you in this room, God has begun to restore your marriage and family relationships that were broken. Coming to Christ has made all the difference in your life. And although people may argue with something that took place thousands of years ago, they can't argue with your story and the reality of what Christ's coming has meant to you. And I want to encourage you, just like that very first Christmas, that you would begin with people around you to look for those opportunities to share what you've seen, what you've experienced. And people were amazed at what happened and what the shepherds were sharing, and they began to believe in their heart. Joy was then placed inside of their heart. And you and I, we have that same opportunity that this holiday season that we can spread the joy of Christmas as we begin to share what Christ has done inside of us and what this message means that the Savior of the world has come because he wants to be close to us and he wants to be near to us.